Hello and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Cynthia. Cynthia, among many things, is a language teacher, a translator and a life coach. She's originally from South America and now lives in Belgium. And this was a collaborative project. We recorded half of our chat for chatting and filmed half of our chat for Cynthia's project, Talking with Friends, which you can find on her YouTube channel. So after listening to this episode, you can find out how the other half went. Unfortunately, a really important sentence was distorted in Cynthia's chat and I couldn't catch it. But at one point she says, eating is a crucial activity. So your challenge is to see where this sentence fits in. We chatted about how English has evolved over the last 20 years, Cynthia's favourite type of student and future projects that will connect international learners online. But I started by asking Cynthia to tell me a little bit about herself. Okay, my name is Cynthia Root. I was born and raised in Argentina. Um, I'm a technical scientific literary translator and I'm a licentiate in languages and linguistics. Uh, but other than my job, languages are my passion. <laughs> and it's what I do and it's how I live in different languages. Fantastic. And so how many languages do you speak? Well, correctly, you mentioned. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's say before. Let's say between four and six. That's and I'm, I'm currently based in Belgium, mm -hmm. where I've been living for the last, I think, fifteen years or okay. so. Wow. All right. Let's go back to the beginning then. So, yeah. tell me about your English. Like, how did you start learning English? Was it just at school? Was it before in a family situation? How did you get going? Uh, so I started learning English at school and then uh, had a lovely time in a bilingual school I attended for four years in okay. Buenos Aires, the capital city of Argentina. And um, we had the whole afternoon in English. So we had different, you know, subjects and uh, music and, and activities in English. And that was really nice. Um, and then growing up, I continued, you know, um, yeah, loving English, I'd say, and until I prepared my test to, uh, to be accepted to become a translator, uh, translation school, let's say. Mm -hmm. And that was it. It never stopped. It wow. just became deeper. And then it was English literature. And then it was just understanding English culture and and then languages became a way of life because it's really, for me, they've always been a bridge between cultures, between people. And so we were chatting a while ago about the importance of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I think languages are a vector for peace. They are crucial to achieve peace because they are means for us to truly understand each other. 
Yeah, absolutely. I became very philosophical all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. It's important. And it's amazing to be philosophical in a different language. <laughs> so with your English then, being in Argentina, would you say that your English was uh, US influenced or UK influenced? I think at the time, even though I was studying British culture and British English, it was very much influenced by American culture, pronunciation. Mm -hmm. And I can see that now with my former students. <laughs> when we talk or I hear them talk and they're very fluent, uh, the influence of American English in the continental area is just huge. But also I think in the last 20 something years, uh, yeah, during which I've been living abroad, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the media and the technological advances and the access to Netflix mm -hmm. and YouTube videos and mm -hmm. so much content in mother tongue, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, series or VOs, you know, original versions. And um, I think that has helped Americanize <laughs> yeah. uh, English for for the southern part of the world, but there's something about British English, is there not? That it's so elegant, and, uh -huh. and I don't know. It's become I don't know. I think my accent is more British than American. Yeah. No, I, I agree definitely. I think that your do you think that's because you're now in Belgium? Like, had you stayed in Argentina, do you think you're you would be more American in sound? Probably, mm. but it's now 50-50, you know. I've lived half of my life in Europe. So uh, yes, maybe it's the, this old continent has its charm. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So tell me, you run a school, Krills, in yes. Belgium, sort of south of Brussels. What type of students come through your doors? Now, all kinds, I'd mm. say, but we've been changing, you know, as languages do, language mm. schools adapt as well. Sure. And so I opened Krills in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we focused a lot on children and uh, we always had small groups and um, teenagers, then university or higher education students, professionals, of course, since day one. And then also adults who not necessarily needed a language or the other because we teach more than just English. So some people just want to improve the level to be able to understand more, to communicate better and to maybe be able to read a book uh -huh. uh, in English and that kind of thing. So it's, uh, so I think it's all sorts of profiles. Now, since the pandemic started and Krells was already evolving, but I'll mm -hmm. say in the last two years, we have concentrated more and more on youth okay. because they are the future. Yeah. Um, and then preparing and you've helped a lot because we've been collaborating for a while. We have. Uh, <laughs> for uh, preparing them to sit TOEFL or uh, IELTS exams mm. or any other sort of English level um, examination that, mm -hmm. that they, they needed for further studies. And then, of course, people who need English either for work or to get a new job or to consider going abroad for a period and uh, so that's, I'll say that's the audience now. 
which is, I mean, so varied. Do you have a favorite type of person that you like to teach? Well, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a naughty question, but. Well, uh, I love people who start by saying, in French, they always go, je suis nul in langue. So I, I cannot master a foreign language. I'm not, I'm not good at, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody is able. I think yeah. everybody is capable. Everybody can learn a foreign language or, and, and enjoy communicating with, with people and discovering, you know, places and, and culture belonging to, to that language. So I'll say it's not about a favorite type of student. It's just about the pedagogy that Krills has, which is um, heart to heart. Yeah. So it's it's not really about a set of grammar rules, uh, intonation patterns, stress, stress, I mean, not stress as yeah. in nervous, <laughs> but stress patterns yeah. uh, and pronunciation. You know, a language is so much more and it hasn't stopped me. It hasn't prevented me from making friends, running a business, mm. traveling around the world. Mm -hmm. And so... I think students who are open to being guided into enjoying what a foreign language can do for you and the doors it can open, yeah. well, that's my kind of student. Absolutely. I totally agree. So tell me about your new projects then, looking forward. You're launching, hopefully, a project that people can come together online. Yes. So I'm putting it together because I've been teaching online for a long time. But mm -hmm. just like you, you know, we were used to maybe a one-on-one -on -one phone lessons or blended learning, hybrid uh, systems. But now it's like the whole activity is online and we are teaching groups and groups of sometimes colleagues mm -hmm. uh, or groups of people who don't know each other and meet during the lessons. Uh, so my first project, which I'm putting together, is for non-native speakers of English yeah. uh, from across the globe and trying to create these international language lessons. And so this idea is to have people sign up and we're trying to defy, you know, time zones and all that but create small groups of uh, tops 10 people mm -hmm. and with similar levels and then have a series of four or five weeks one lesson a week talking about things yeah so this is uh, the newest project it's exciting <laughs> i think it is <laughs> we'll see you said that you know the focus is youth are you hoping that it'll be young people that come and take part or are you hoping well, that anybody who fancies a go you should ask and the answer is no because i want it to be international intergenerational mm -hmm. and inter everything i want it to be exchange bound and i want it to be ah, look people have different difficulties with the language but we're all human beings with the same kind of experiences and also uh, to proudly share things about your culture in a in a foreign language that, mm -hmm. you know, might interest people and create, yeah, bridges of friendship and uh, happiness all around. Oh, that's so nice. Although, oh, imagine then that we were in a call. What would you share yeah. about your culture, about Argentina? What would you tell me about it? What a question. <laughs> oh, so I would share that eating is food collectivity. So from the, from the cooking 
<laughs> from the get-go, from the, yeah, even buying the food, it's a social activity. And it's been very difficult not to share that, you know, even sure. from afar. Mm. Um, I would also share uh, that it's a culture where friendship is the center of uh, your life, really. Your, your friends, are family, are your chosen uh, siblings for this life. <laughs> okay, let's go back to your English then, Cynthia. Right. What would you improve about your own English vocabulary, pronunciation or grammar? Is there anything about your English that you would improve? I think it's about keeping in contact with the language mm -hmm. and keeping in contact with native speaking opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, be it TV, books, which I love, mm -hmm. and people. And, and keeping in touch with how the language is evolving and what kind of new vocabulary. Now, now something comes to mind, like to Google something, you well, know. Right, yeah. <laughs> Things like that. So it's, it, it's really nice to incorporate that. For myself, I'll say I'm, I'm pretty proud of my English. Uh, but if there was one thing, uh, one of my former uh, colleagues and, and, and friends said, is that sometimes the g and w, like would or good, mm -hmm. uh, that when I'm very tired or not paying very much attention, sometimes maybe I'll go with g, a more guttural sound for the w. Mm -hmm. uh, and so place and manner of articulation have always been important to me. I love phonetics. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that would be my weakness. I don't know. Less weakness, more things that can always improve. You know, we're always working, aren't we, to, to improve our English. If you're aware of that in your own English, are you much more aware of that with your students? Not that specific uh, sound. I'm originally a, a Spanish native speaker, um, but but I actually concentrate on each student. There are some sounds, yes, I will teach to everybody, like plosives are my first love. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and this aspiration in English is very particular to English. Mm -hmm. and so And so French speakers or Spanish speakers, for that matter, will pronounce words like gay, I cannot even do it without the aspiration. Wait, let me try again. Gay, gay. Well, uh -huh. so, but more like, and you go cake. And they are very surprised that this hasn't been taught before. <laughs> and so things like that, I think maybe as a non-native speaker, I pay more attention to that it sounds English enough for people to understand, That's but they don't get that that they don't get traumatized by the fact that they are non-native speakers. Absolutely, yeah, because it's not about having the perfect accent. You know, people I think need well, to use the perfect accent. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Be sure. your own accent. Yeah. All right. Final question then, Cynthia. Right. Uh, what piece of advice would you give an English learner to help them? Enjoy. Yeah. Just enjoy. Relax and practice you know practice makes perfect mm -hmm. and uh, just do that and enjoy that's all I don't I cannot think of anything else <laughs> I don't think you need anything else I think that's okay <laughs> enjoy just enjoy positive advice from Cynthia you can find more details about Cynthia's school Krill's and Cynthia's YouTube channel in this episode's show notes.
So, this episode's pronunciation tip is about plosives. A plosive is when we stop the air with our lips or tongue and then release like a burst or an explosion. The basic plosives in English are t, k and p. So this is unvoiced, we just have air. And d, g and b. These are voiced. Now, for many learners, it's difficult to make the difference between the voiced and the unvoiced plosives. It takes more energy than you realise. So I have three example sentences to help you practice. First, the difference between T and D. So T for tin, a metal, and D for din, a noise. Try this sentence. When I bang the tin, it makes a din. Next, the difference between a hard C k for card and hard G g for guard, someone who protects you. Try this sentence. The Christmas card is for the guard. Christmas is an extra k sound. Finally, the difference between a P and a B, so P for peach, the fruit, and B for beach, sand and sea and holiday. Try this sentence. I found a peach on the beach. When repeating these sentences, put your hand on your stomach or around your waist and feel your muscles working as you say these plosives. Speaking English is a whole body experience. Peach, b, beach. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Cynthia. And for her music, a massive thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlyle. Bye for now.